there are two mindset skills that if you will take the time to develop and to practice using these skills on a regular basis, it will radically change your musicianship as well as everything else about your life. I'm going to talk about those skills next. Hello and welcome to the Musician Toolkit, episode number 50. I'm so happy to have made it this far and in this, and still be in the same year that we started with episode one. My name is David Lane. I'm your host. This is a podcast all about developing the tools that will help make you a better musician. And we're going to talk about two tools today that you don't even have to spend a dime in order to obtain. And you don't have to study for several years or have a private teacher in order to obtain these tools. So we're going to talk about that in just a minute. So just in case you're the type of person who listens to every episode, and if so, let me say thank you so much for that. And if you notice everything I say within the episode, and you might have noticed that I said at the end of episode number 49 that I would have a guest for the next episode, this being episode 50. And that was certainly the plan. Uh, A few things came up. First of all, as a follow-up to something I said last week, our house journey is all done except for the moving. (laughs) And the moving is happening now, and it is, and actually, the day that this episode releases will be kind of the big moving day. So there's so much to do, and the episode that I have with the guests is a longer episode. Not like the longest episode that I've had, but there's definitely a lot there. It's going to take me a little time to edit and just kind of put that together. And um, this is just a very distracting week to do that. It's also, uh, I'm recording this just before Thanksgiving. Uh, If you follow me on Instagram, you you saw me mention, uh, so I'm now in High Point, North Carolina which is a good musical place to be. This is a, it's a place where the jazz great John Coltrane used to live. I'm also right in the thick of things. I'm, I'm really excited so much about the location. Where uh, My old house, it, it was in a really nice, quiet neighborhood, but outside of the city limits. And you, you couldn't walk to anywhere because, first of all, it was surrounded by two busy highways with no shoulders, no sidewalks. And you were four miles from anything, like four miles from the nearest grocery store. I'm really excited to to live in the heart of a city and be within a mile distance of a walk from all kinds of businesses, including something like 20 restaurants, uh, the downtown library, a chiropractor office, something you can't overlook. And I just noticed the other day, how cool is that? There's a car rental place about a fifth of a mile, maybe a quarter mile from our house. It's like, I could see that coming in really handy. (laughs) But of course, as far as this podcast goes, I am really looking forward to taking the new room that I've been allotted for my home studio. And then there's a room that's right next to it that's going to be a general music room. And we, uh, my wife and I are looking forward to kind of really rethinking that. The room that I've recorded this particular podcast episode in and all and also the 49 previous ones and all of the episodes of Life in the Pit. So, I mean, we are talking about like nearly 150 episodes of podcasts all recorded in this room. Well, it took a lot. It took a lot of work 
to get it presentable on camera in Zoom because every room in this house was kind of a multi-purpose room. It was a place to store things. It had a closet where I kept some of my clothes. And it's, it's just wonderful to have a fresh start to enter an empty house and to have all the equipment that I'm going to be using right away for my studio and kind of have a chance to rethink it. Probably going to take a few weeks to get everything in place, but again, I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to that. And there's a few other things that are going to come with the new location and just some improvements I'm going to make to the studio that's going to greatly enhance what I offer outside of being a podcaster. So, you know, make sure you're following me and the podcast on social media for, for updates uh, throughout, throughout 2024, especially. And by the way, if you know, I haven't mentioned in a while, but you can find me and again, the podcast as well at David Lane Music on Instagram and TikTok and at David M. Lane Music on Facebook. And of course, you might be you might be listening to this podcast on YouTube. If you're not, you can find my YouTube channel at David Lane Music One. The other reason that I wanted to talk about this is it's just a little late. I mean, we kind of think of Thanksgiving centered episodes as coming leading up to Thanksgiving rather than on the Monday that follows Thanksgiving. But as I mentioned at the very front of this podcast, there are two mindset skills that if you will take the time to develop them and to practice them regularly with discipline, it will radically transform what is possible with your musicianship and everything else about your life. And one of those skills is gratitude. My favorite live-action Disney film from the, the days where Walt Disney was alive is Pollyanna, starring Haley Mills. Is from, I should know this, it's either 1960 or 1961. You may have heard the name Pollyanna just in culture. It's, it's actually a term that came out when the book came out, and it is horribly misused. It became kind of a slur to describe somebody who is kind of a child at heart and was unwilling to face harsh truths about the world, always expecting good things to happen when there was no good reason to to think that. It's like you would call somebody a Pollyanna in the Great Depression if they kept holding on to to hope that, that it was going to be over soon or something like that. And I even read the book that it was based on, of a few years ago, just to see if maybe I missed something. But but the movie is very close to the book. And I just don't understand how people got this so wrong. Pollyanna, the character, is not someone who spends much time in the book expressing some kind of naive hope for something that's going to turn out well. What she spends almost the entire book doing is looking at every situation she faces and finding something good in it something that she can be thankful for. And throughout the book, she helps several people in this community, including a couple of bitter adults, to transform their life by seeing the good things that they have. So when I talk about this room that I, that I recorded in this house, there's a laundry list of things that I could tell you about our soon-to-be old house that I could describe as shortcomings, just to be kind of diplomatic. But when I take just a moment to think about all the things that I like about this house, and I've had to do this over the years, I've come to say, I leave this place and I leave this neighborhood with a lot of fond memories. This house has been safe. It's been quiet. You walk outside and because there's not a lot of 
lights around. If the skies are clear, you can see a lot of stars at night. Our mortgage on this house was enviously low <laughs> compared to, well, compared to the mortgage that we're taking on now, but also just average rents and mortgages everywhere. We, we were truly blessed with this house for, for two decades. I literally began this year by leaving a place of part-time employment at a church. And I was at a place with just where I was uh, and where the church was that I just really couldn't, couldn't wait to leave. It was, it was time for me to go, and I was glad to go, and uh, you know, never gave it really a, a second thought when the opportunity presented itself to leave. But I didn't leave with bitterness because I had many, many years of things to be thankful for in that church, including... At one time, a most excellent choir for its size, Re a lot of quality voices. It gave me the opportunity as a composer to come up with all kinds of anthems for us to sing, and it also gave me the opportunity to compose my passion for chorus and orchestra uh, that was premiered back in 2010. We had a wonderful handbell group. I made quite a few friends, and it is and it's full of people who helped me and my family out when we needed it uh, in, in, on multiple occasions. So how short-sighted would it be of me to say, my time is, is up here, I'm not happy at the moment, and I need to get out, and, and um, I don't want to think anything positive about this church. That would be very short-sighted. It would be very disingenuous. And um, it just takes a moment to just think about what was good about this situation. What can I take away as positive about it? And it really puts things, it really truly puts things in perspective. I really struggled for, for many years with the what-if game of not taking the steps that were needed to even give myself a chance to succeed at a high level as a film composer. And when I do that, it becomes very difficult to look at what I've done instead and to be thankful. I'm going to be honest, it took me a very long time before I stopped seeing my teaching as a stopgap between getting from school to really making it big in as a composer or, you know, as a, someone who only did composing or some other kind of work. And that kept me from being the best teacher that I could. And it was at some point a few years ago, I realized that I'm really grateful that I've had a chance to work with so many lives. And one of the things that helps is when I, when I look at a former student who is one of this region's most successful high school choral directors, whose students love him, and he's taken time to tell me that I was an important influence in his life. And I had a student one time, uh, really her older sister took with me for a while, and she herself took a eh, couple years, two or three years, and I didn't think that she was like a, I didn't really think she was much of a serious student. She didn't practice much. She kind of didn't always pay attention in her lessons. And, um, you know, if, you, if you've taught a lot of students, you, you know that uh, some of them are, are serious and ideal and others just they're, they're taking it for the experience, but they're, they're not going to really do much with it. Or at least, you know, that's, that's kind of what I thought. And, I, and she's a good example of why I can never really know. Because she told me through a Facebook message several years later, that the lesson she took with me and my influence 
was a big reason why she chose music education as a major and that she was getting ready to graduate. She didn't, she didn't stick with piano. She took up flute. And she is very happy with her decision, and she, she did really well with her path. So when I have a student and I'm thinking, why, why do I have so many students like this kind of student who maybe their mom, it just seems like their mom or their dad are just making them take lessons and they don't really have an interest. They're not serious students. Well, I, I just have to think about this student I just mentioned because that was the impression I had and I was so wrong. And it makes me wonder how many other students have I been wrong about? How many students didn't go into music at all, but they took something from their, their lesson experience that helped them with their own life? So taking time to, to be thankful, to, to have gratitude, is not something that you should do just on the fourth Thursday of every November. It is something you should do every day. Something I would highly recommend all of you do, if you're not doing this already, Get yourself a good pen, get yourself a blank notebook, and just before you go to bed, write down at least one thing you're thankful for in your life or about that day. If you can manage it, pick three things. If you've had trouble sleeping, I bet this will help because a lot of what keeps you awake at night is anxiety. It's things that's on your mind, and it's hard to be anxious and grateful at the same time. It really is. You can also willfully bludgeon your anxiety by making yourself express gratitude. It could be a person in your life that you just find unlikable. Maybe they have like completely different politics than you and you just, their personality in yours is like oil and water. But if you take time and observe, you'll find that person probably means a lot to somebody. And they're probably doing at least one thing to make the world a better place if you just take time to see it. And you can be thankful for the aspects of that person. So gratitude is not turning a blind eye to negative things. And there's another mindset that we can use to talk about those, what we can do with those negative things in just a moment. But gratitude makes sure, especially when you express it daily. So I said in the evening, you can do this in the morning too. I don't think you can overdo gratitude. It helps bring sharp focus to all the wonderful things you have going for you right now. And it's an antidote to the urge to complain. When's the last time that you practiced something or just played through something and thought to yourself, I can't believe I can do this? Because I think that all the time. And it's not, it's not bragging. And I know that uh, when it comes to piano skill, I don't even compare with the elite pianists of the world. I'm a good pianist. I'm, and I'm a very good pianist. I'm not a great or an elite pianist. But I will play things, and I'll see my hands at work, and uh, and it'll be I can I can pause while I'm playing it, and you know I can kind of get my mind in in a gear where I can listen to what I'm doing, and I just think how amazing is it that I can do this? I can do this without having to consciously think about everything I'm doing. My hands just seem to know what to do, and yes, I work really hard over decades of my life to get to this point. When I write a piece of music. When I hear it performed and, and it's just, and it's exactly what I wrote. And I think this is music that exists and, and I'm, I'm responsible for putting this on paper so that other people can play it. And recently I had it with the Wizard of Oz where I'm conducting this 19 piece orchestra and also leading the cast from the stage. And I'm like, I'm able to hold this show together by the way that I'm directing it. And I give instructions with my right hand 
and all of the musicians follow me and they stay with me. Now, I know I couldn't do this if they weren't great musicians who really need very little help to stay together. But if I feel tempted to think about my own shortcomings, I can't help but think there's some amazing things that I can do. And maybe some people would look at look at me and think, oh, that's not so that's not so much. That's no big deal. But that's the thing. It doesn't matter what they think. It matters what you think. Have you paused to think how amazing it is? No matter whether or not you're playing out of book one of a method book or if you've been playing advanced music for many years, have you thought about how amazing it is that you can do that, that you've made it this far, and to know that you're not done, that there's room to grow? Have you thought about how wonderful it is that you get to spend time in something as universally beloved as music? You know, and if you work in music and you haven't expressed gratitude, well, I kind of think, you know, one of the things we got to do soon because we've moved to a new county, we're moving to a new city, we obviously have a new mailing address. We're going to have to go to the DMV and get our driver's license updated. And every time I go into a DMV, I don't have to be there very long before I've heard three or four very upset customers about something. And I just think... I couldn't imagine working my life as uh, in something like that. And by the way, thank you if you do that. I'm uh, this is not a judgment. Uh, I'm actually quite in admiration that you can do that. So people like you, telemarketers, anybody who works for a government office of any kind, it's like you spend your day talking to people who are upset about something. They're upset about something related to your business. And I just think that's like 0.01% of my professional life is hearing anybody complain about anything. 99.99% or so at least that's what it seems of my interactions are people who are happy because how could you not be with music? So gratitude is a superpower. It will help keep perspective. It'll help keep you pushing along and help remind you of what you've accomplished already it also crowds out those sources of anxiety because it's hard to be thankful and anxious. But to keep yourself pushing forward, you need one other mindset tool, and that is curiosity. Curiosity, if gratitude is the antidote for anxiety, curiosity is the antidote for worry. So I forgot to mention this about gratitude. Gratitude is taking, I have to do this, and and changing it to, I get to do this. Curiosity is taking the statement, oh, I wonder what's going to happen if, and just changing the tone to, I wonder what's going to happen if. So curiosity is interested in the outcome. It's not worried about the outcome. Now, there's all kinds of tales about curiosity going wrong. Like, I wonder what happens if I put this penny in the electrical outlet. If you're listening to that and you're thinking, wow, I never thought about that before. I I wonder what would happen. Well, let me tell you, I saw what happened in eighth grade when one of my classmates did that. And they went to the nurse's office for the day. And uh, yeah, don't, I say, I say a pen. It might've been a paperclip. It was, it was something, but it was something you should not stick in electrical outlet. So please, if you hear that, do not test that curiosity. So curiosity, of course, can be misplaced. But curiosity is a great thing if you are a composer. One of my friends, Andrew Callow, who was a previous guest of this podcast on the episode where we talked about score study, he once told me that he thought that a lot of what came out of Rite of Spring compositionally was 
Igor Stravinsky just saying, I wonder what would happen if I did this, if I did this chord over that chord. And who's to say he's wrong? I could definitely see that happening. There's a piece that I wrote that I'm, that I'm really happy with. I've never been able to get a live premiere because I did it right before the pandemic and just haven't gotten organized to, um, to premiere it. But one of my good friends plays trombone and electric bass. And I just thought, how neat would it be to have a brass quintet with two trombones rather than a tuba where the second trombonist switches to electric bass? And if he's going to go ahead and switch to electric bass, why don't we have a, someone on a drum set? And we completely changed the tone of the piece. And I'm really happy. I came up with a, with a composition that sounds nothing like anything else I've written. And I just kind of started that with a what if. You'll get your best performances if you start asking what if. What if I sped up this measure, slow down the next? What if I took it purposefully slower than everybody else? Or purposely faster than everybody else? What if I add a crescendo and a diminuendo here and there? If you're a pianist, what, what if I try this without any damper pedal? What if I try it with a lot of heavy pedal? So curiosity needs one thing in order for it to succeed, and that is for you not to fear failure, but to know that failure is just one door that curiosity may lead you to. But again, if you know that failure is a possibility, curiosity becomes worry. And a lot of times what happens is you, you know that behind one of these doors is failure, so you don't open it. But your most successful people, whether you measure that monetarily or by the attention they receive or how, however you choose to define successful, they know that failure is a part of life, but they don't fear running into it. They're just curious what will happen if I do this. Now, in the same way that you don't want to express that curiosity with an electrical outlet and a metal object, it's probably not a good idea to say, I wonder what would happen if I just quit all of my jobs and went into this speculative music career before I have any kind of organization in place. So there's a difference between curiosity and reckless. Curiosity comes in small doses at a time. So there's a different way of doing that. If you have another type of job, it's not music and you want to get into music, maybe your first curiosity thing is, you know, what if um, I took three nights a week and committed not to watching anything on a streaming platform. No Prime, no Netflix, no Disney+, Plus, no television, no cable television. And I spent those two or three hours planning how to grow a teaching studio, or how to start one from scratch, or how to create some content for YouTube. Or maybe you spend that time actually making music or practicing music for a concert. You say, I wonder how much better would my life be if I did that. And you know what? You may do that. And the answer may be, I'm actually less happy than I was before or nothing has changed. And guess what? You can, you can then employ gratitude to say, well, I'm glad I know that. I'm glad that I was able to have the courage to go through this door, to try this thing and see that this is not for me. Let me back up and do something else. So these skills go hand in hand. Curiosity leads you forward. And gratitude gives you presence in the moment. I teach a lot of adults piano, and so many of them are so hard on themselves. They think they're not learning as much as they think they should have learned. They're, they're having more trouble than they think they should have. 
and it's hard for them to see and to just persuade them. Aren't you glad she had the curiosity to see what would it be like to take up music lessons as an adult? And when you think about it, shouldn't you be grateful? You've already accomplished quite a bit and you're accomplishing more. It's very easy to get bogged down about what's not going well, but gratitude helps you see what is going well. And curiosity, when applied without fear, without worry, leads you to the next big place. So I want to I challenge all of you who are listening, as I have already, write down at least one thing every day. I find it's best to do this in the evening. Write down at least one thing that you're grateful for. You may find it a challenge to do this each and every day, but just like any other practice skill, it gets better the more you can do it. I bet if you sat down, you could come up with 50, 60, 100 things in your life that you can be grateful for if you took the time. But you don't need to do that. Why don't you commit to 100 days of one thing a day? And if you're worried, I might not come up with that many. I might have to repeat something. That's fine. Repeat something. There are many things in my life that, that I say thank you for every day. The other challenge that I would present to you is I want you to also take out your journal and write the words, what if I, and fill out the rest of that sentence. And it can be as small of a thing as you want it to be. It could be something like, what if I called 10 high schools in my region to find out if they needed any help with their band or orchestra students for me to tutor them? Or what if I set my timer for 20 minutes every day for an entire month and wrote music during that entire time? What if I spent this week writing and crafting and recording and polishing up one song and used a distributor to put it out on streaming services? You can do any of those examples I just said, or you can ignore all of them and put your own thing in. So express something daily that you're grateful for, and then give yourself a challenge. This is something I, I think I've, I would be grateful in the evening. I would give yourself the challenge in the morning. What if I? Because if you do that in the evening, again, just thinking about the importance of sleep, it, you know, gratitude calms your mind. Curiosity energizes your mind. So you want that calmness in the evening. You want that energy in the morning. If you try any of these exercises, let me know how you did. You can send me a message. You can also use your own voice and tell me in your own words how things went by going to speakpipe.com slash musician toolkit. Okay, if all goes well, my move will go smoothly. Next episode will be one with a guest that I had meant to bring out today. I hope that everyone had a great Thanksgiving and that uh, the rest of your holiday season goes well, is low on anxiety, high on gratitude, high on curiosity. I personally am very grateful that I, I had some curiosity with this app that was called Fonz and it found that it took a while. It actually probably took more than a calendar year of me getting myself organized and, and also applying this app. But I really made real growth in my studio over the past couple of years that I, I didn't think I was going to be able to do on my own. And Fonz is not the sole reason for that, but it is a sizable part of the reason why that was able to happen. Because not only do they help you get organized with, your, with scheduling and billing, but they also have a marketplace for SEO. So there's a lot that they offer for a reasonable subscription, but you don't have to pay to find that out because 
you get a free trial and you can use that link in my show notes to get started. Last thing I want to say is in the spirit of gratitude, I'm so grateful that I got to do 50 episodes and that more are planned for this podcast. And if you've listened to even only one of these episodes, I'm very grateful for you and for your support. Would ask that you share this with at least one other person if you got any value from it. But that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. And I'll be back with you again next week. So once again, thank you so much for listening.